Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 271 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. We're doing this a little bit earlier than we usually would. And I was Mm -hmm. still asleep about half an hour ago because my alarm (laughs) didn't go off. But apart from that, I'm good. So so what have you been up to? Well, the Haunting series had its newest uh, entry released recently, Mm. the the Bly Manor, following on from, uh, I think it was 2018's Hill House. Yes. The major complaints I saw before I started it was it was too slow and a bit boring. Mm. I will say that it sort of changes from it's not really scary it sort of focuses more on being creepy Mm. Especially with, because you've got these these little children who are being looked after in this in this manner, and then there's a housekeeper, and then there's this uh, cook as well. And this new woman kind of moves in the house and stuff, and obviously she's uh, shown around this this manner by uh, the young girl, who uh, repeatedly says, well, not not repeatedly, but quite often says, uh, perfectly splendid. So if any of you have seen anybody saying that something's perfectly splendid in the last <laughs> couple of days, it's probably in reference to that. Right. So because uh, I remember on one uh, Facebook thread that I saw and uh, somebody said oh you know was everyone think of Bly Manor and someone said it's perfectly splendid so uh, yes yeah 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 I, I quite like it so far I am on the I think my the seventh episode is my next one so I've seen almost all of it because there's there's nine episodes in total where the creepiness mainly comes from there's two different sort of elements to that one of which is just the kind of bizarre attitude at times from the kids but it's done on purpose you know it's uh, yeah. it's supposed to be because they're, they're trying to sort of hide things that have happened in the past because there's this sort of tragedy that's happened at the manor and every time the kids kind of bring up a sly little reference to it of like oh you shouldn't go down that hallway or like oh don't leave your room at night and that sort of thing and uh, the new character that comes into the house kind of asks why and the kids give like a creepy response they also have these little like dolls and stuff and there's this one particular doll the little girl insists that she keeps under this underneath this dresser sort of thing right. and she gets kind of annoyed at that and you're kind of wondering like okay what's that about I mean there's jump scares here and there but it's definitely more focused on being creepy as opposed to being scary Yeah, they do still have um, when certain characters are walking through the, the halls of the manor at night there is still like ghosts that are walking around in the background and mm. things that are kind of moving about and um, 
yeah, again, just just that that kind of adds. But they, they did do that in the first season. Kind of had these little ghosts in the background that sort of walk around. Yes. And things. Um. But yeah, both elements just kind of add to the creepiness because you're sort of pointing and thinking like, okay, what's that walking around in the background? I just think it's a little bit of a different flavor maybe than the first season. And it's unfortunate really for things like anthology shows or spin-offs or any of them sort of things because they immediately get compared to their originals. I remember because yeah. we, we're we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead and that in a minute. I remember when Fear the Walking Dead first started and it had its pilot episode and Walking Dead was already like five seasons in mm. and you always get comparisons of like, oh, this isn't as good as the original. It's all like, okay, you don't have to be better than the original to be good you just have to be good in your own way sort of thing and that, yeah, that's unfortunately yeah. I feel like that's unfortunately where some of the criticism of Blind Manor is coming in is because some people have sort of seen one or two episodes and sort of said like oh this isn't as good as Hill House I'm switching it off and I don't really feel like that's particularly fair because it's not got to be as good as it, whatever has sort of followed from it. Yeah. Sounds like it's going for a slightly different type of horror which it is, is yeah. Yeah. yeah so the fact that it's not exactly the same and it's the same with, with all the Walking Dead shows they they each try and fill a slightly different slot so yeah. you know I think had they made a show in the Walking Dead terms had they made a show with fear that was an identical to the Babe Walking Dead show it would be less interesting to me so yeah that's one of the ideas that you've got to do with anthologies and spin-offs is yeah. still keep it, kind it of the core build, idea there but yeah. do something a bit different so uh, but I really like it so far I'm seven episodes into that uh, one thing I kind of enjoyed but sort of didn't in the end uh, Little Fires Everywhere mm. which is a Hulu show in the US and uh, Amazon picked it up as a box set some time ago it did take me a long time to finish it actually which kind of says a little bit of something about it I felt like it started off quite strongly, but as you sort of go through the show, because it's got this mystery right at the start as to there's this house that's been burnt down, who did it, when, why, and you know what's what's kind of happened, and that's mm-hmm. the mystery throughout the season and trying to work out who did it. I almost feel like if the show had gone for the more predictable option, it would have been better. It's sort right. of just what what happened at the end sort of felt quite out of character and didn't really, at least to me, and didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Trying to too hard to be clever by the sound kind of, of it yeah yeah, yeah it, just, it just didn't add up or really make sense to me at all um, but I thought the drama was good I thought the tension at certain times was really good the acting's really really good uh, namely from uh, Carrie Washington and uh, Reese Witherspoon really good actresses in the show as well so I, I enjoyed it for that I'm not like completely disappointed with it I'm just a bit sort of off with, with the ending but I, I enjoyed the, the sort of time I, I had with that that's eight episodes long on uh, Amazon for those of you that want to watch it mm-hmm. um kept sort of going to watch it and then just ended up doing something else right. uh, and then I thought like, okay I need to just finish watching this and then just uh, I did that a couple of weeks ago there was that uh, Cobra Kai which used to be is it YouTube Red or YouTube TV or um, YouTube something like that Pre- it was YouTube Red then it was YouTube Premium and then it was YouTube whatever else they decided to call it after that but yes it's that show okay. yeah yeah yeah. you used to be on there it's the uh, Karate Kid kind of spiritual follow up or whatever, whatever you want to call it Yeah, I didn't really know anything about it kind of going and I just knew that it was this very highly rated karate show yeah. and uh, it, it gets to a point sometimes where you hear so much good word of mouth about something you kind of feel like okay I need to check this out because there has to be a reason uh, mm. I finished the first season there is a second one available it's been renewed for a fourth and the third one starts in uh, January yes. I think um, really really good very much enjoyed the um, first season I think it's 10 episodes and they're about 30 to 40 minutes each roughly very very entertaining there was a lot of good interesting dynamics and relationships between 
between the different characters, how certain things changed, and just overall found it a very, very entertaining show. I think it really is helping it now that it's on Netflix instead of on uh, whatever premium version of YouTube it is now. Certainly seems to be. I mean, it's smashing streaming records every single week, pretty much. The Nielsen ratings in America do track some streaming now, and it's always, always up there. It seems to be doing incredibly well for Netflix. I mean, we don't get exact numbers for Netflix, but you know, I mean, even over here, it's been regularly in the top 10. So uh, it seems to be doing incredibly well for them. And the fact that they've renewed it already for a full yeah. season, I think, seems quite likely. Have, have you been back and watched the Karate Kid films yet? I was talking to, to Barry, one of my other co-hosts, about yeah. this. And uh, he said, oh, you need to watch the old Karate Kid films. He said that there was original one and then there was two sequels. I've seen at least two of them, I'm pretty sure, because the character that they keep flashing back to, the, the old sensei, mm-hmm. I definitely, rec- I've definitely seen at least some of the film, if not all of the film that he was in. Uh, you're talking quite a long time ago, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then I, I do definitely remember watching the the most recent modern one. So I, I, I sort of know bits and pieces about it, but um, I still feel like I was able to get on with the show very okay. well. And good. And uh, yeah, the flashbacks helped as well. And that's yeah. Sort of I mean, so. I, I think you probably only need to watch the first and second ones, maybe even only the first one. So mm-hmm. yeah. To be honest, if it's enjoyable even with that limited knowledge of the movies that's good I'm, I'm glad it's still working yeah so yeah been been enjoying that quite a lot i think it was either the day or the day after it, it went onto netflix i just saw loads and loads of people talking about it. i was like oh cobra kai is finally on netflix i can you know it's yeah, more yeah. accessible to people it's good good for the show's sort of future and stuff now mm. so uh and then finally uh crash bandicoot returned with the official fourth game because uh, rafa cortex is kind of the unofficial fourth game in the franchise uh long story short naughty dog worked on the original trilogy and then worked on a uh, crash team racing the kart racing game of course and then the rights got moved to uh, activision later on right. and a bunch of really bad crash games were made um <laughs> namely you had uh, twin sanity which a lot of the crash community really likes and i really don't and then you have like these really ridiculous games like crash rough of the titans where crash is like climbing on a titan's back and you use that to sort of right. navigate the levels very much just not really in the spirit of what made the original trilogy good um so then in 2017 they remastered the original trilogy called the insane trilogy and was received really really well and then they decided to make the proper official fourth canon sequel to the to the crash games it's surprising as well because when you look at the original three crash games you'd think like okay there's not much canon wise you'd need to do you'd be surprised with this version of crash bandicoot 4 called it's about time just how much effort and connectivity there kind of is with the story i'm not saying like you have to you have to play the original trilogy to understand the lore and all that sort of thing mm. you can you can still jump into crash bandicoot 4 but there's so many references to the original trilogy and one of the other things i've been kind of saying online is this game is paying a lot of respect to the uh, original trilogy and there's one thing where a developer just simply makes a really good video game and then then there's just the extra level of like yes they've come in here and made a very good video game but i can just tell from toys for bob the developer of this game that they just really care about right. the uh, the original trilogy and they yeah. have a lot of respect for it and there's a lot of both not so subtle and subtle nods to the original games and uh, it just feels like there's a lot of love in there and a lot of just respect and stuff which uh, i think is is very much uh, appreciated and even in certain little gameplay aspects and there's like bits and pieces of remixed music from the first three games and i sort of recognized it instantly <laughs> um but yeah it's it, in terms of the gameplay as well i can't think of more of a perfect mix of going back to the core of what made the original game 
game so good and the addition of new ideas because you've still very much got the return to the core gameplay good. of the first three games but then there's just these just these brilliant new ideas that are put in there like these new crates there's new masks there's uh, you can do like wall running in certain sections there's rail yeah. grinding that you can do as well <laughs> and uh, it just adds so much to it and i'm just uh, very very happy with it so good. um yeah, oh, well i'm glad they've good. done a good job with it yeah, that's good. Awesome. Uh, cool. That's what I've been up to. How about you? Well, as we mentioned a bit earlier on, Fear the Walking Dead, the sixth season is about to start. I'm way, way behind on that show. I worked through season four. I think I, I've stopped watching around the middle of season two. So I had quite a lot to catch up with. And oh, okay. I'm now all f- the five seasons that are out are all on Amazon now. Uh, six season drops today, basically, on AMC Global, AMC UK, for the six people that have AMC UK. Uh, I, yeah. I really wish they'd sort that out. So I've watched through the whole of season four. I'm about halfway, in fact, I'm slightly over halfway through season five now because they've just finished that first sort of story arc. I really like where they've gone with that show. I think it's really interesting. It got far more interesting once they killed off the original cast. It kind of did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, I mean, nothing against those actors. I just think uh, that's not, a, well, it is a spoiler, but there are some of the original cast still around, but they, there's a yeah. dramatic shift in the full season, which is when they add Morgan into the show and they entirely reshape the show into something else. Whereas the premise was very woolly at the start, there is now a central idea and theme that they're working behind, which is it's kind of the A-team in the apocalypse. It's this group of people that are determined to try and help others, you know, and sort of help the helpless. That's, that's kind of where they've been going with it for this. And they've got this sort of ragtag group of people together and they've got very distinct archetypes you know you've got the sort of Shaolin monk type you've got a gunslinger you've got your man seeking redemption you've got somebody that is sort of wise cracking you know there, there are very distinct types of personalities in there and just it's, it feels so better formed and works better as a show and it's lighter and there's more humor in it it felt like it was getting very bogged down I think prior to that and uh, once they'd, they'd sort of swept away all their old storylines, they seemed to free themselves up a lot more to be able to kind of manoeuvre and make things more interesting. And uh, I mean, there's the, one of the episodes that I've just watched, they um, had everything done as though it was filmed on video cameras and they were doing sort of interview pieces to camera and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like that episode. I thought it worked really well. And it does work in the context of the show as well. So I'm just really enjoying it. I really, really am. So uh, I'm going to get to the end of this and then I'll have to wait like you know six, 12 months for the sixth season to show up when I was a Brian. But I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It will be something that I will catch up with again afterwards. You're watching up to date, aren't you, on this? Yeah, I'm going to be watching uh, season six this week when it comes out. I'm going to be doing the uh, podcast as well for it because we're doing all three of the uh, shows this year. Well, yes. One of, them, one of them's finished now. Yeah, so. which of course, yeah, we did our, our final review of the season 10 quote-unquote finale, which isn't really a finale because they've added six more episodes to season and 10 of the main show I thought that ended in a decent place I really yeah. did I, I enjoyed that and uh, I'm interested to see where they move forward with that we now know that there are 30 episodes left 
so they've got plenty of time to to figure out. It's basically, I mean, although technically it's one season, it's sort of one and a half seasons, and they've supersized the final season, so it's actually two seasons left, essentially. And they are they are basically in the end game now, pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, we know that they are because they're in the final season. Yeah. yeah, still still have still do have some nerves about the Daryl Carroll spinoff as about exactly what that's going to be, but I guess we'll find out later. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think they're going to be doing something a bit different with it, but we'll we'll see exactly what that mm-hmm. ends up turning. Ways off yet, so. Yeah, it is a way off. I wonder if they're going to end up sort of pulling some characters out of other shows, and I wouldn't surprise me if some of the World Beyond characters end up being moulded into that at some point, um, mm. because we yeah. know World Beyond is going to be ending almost around about probably the same time that the main Walking Dead show ends, so it may be that they dovetail the two of those together in some way. We'll see. I mean, World Beyond, of course, started as well this week. This is the new spin-off, which is a sort of YA young adult version of The Walking Dead essentially. I'm liking it so far. I think it's it's interesting and it's a slightly different take on the universe. You've got these group of kids who are essentially on a quest out in the real world for the first time because they've grown up in this kind of protected compound and they're now out because things with the one of the parents who has been taken away to a different place don't seem to be going particularly well so they're trying to go and head out and find him. And uh, again, I mean, it is much more of a sort of young adult take on The Walking Dead, but I think they're doing a reasonable job with it. Yeah, it's good so far. I watched the uh, second episode yesterday that we'll be talking about on Wednesday. We'll see where that goes. That's only got um, 18 episodes left. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's... 10. Yeah, uh, season one and season two. So, yes. yeah, interesting time to be a Walking Dead fan at the moment, certainly. Yes, of course, this weekend has been the uh, New York Comic Con NCM Metaverse event, and they had a few Walking Dead panels on there, and they have talked about, you know, they've got other things in the pipeline as well, uh, as, as well as things that we've already been told about, like there's an anthology series we know they're working on, as well as this Daryl and Carol spin-off that they're working on. So there's going to be plenty of Walking Dead around for a long while yet, I think. Sticking with stuff that, as aired on Amazon Prime over here, The Boys season two finale I watched. You've been watching this as well, haven't you? Because you're doing a podcast on it. Yeah, me and Robert talked about the finale on um, Saturday. Very good season. I, I did quite enjoy it. I still had my uh, problems that I kept saying about that they had throughout the season. But um, just got a question for you particularly, because we haven't really talked, me, me and you, about this ourselves. How do you feel about The Deep and uh, A-Train, um, just as characters? The Deep is something of a sort of comic relief character I think at this point Mm. and same with A-Train this time around they aren't particularly well used overall but then the Deep did have that kind of you know the quite memorable early set piece scene with the whale so you know he was involved in that yeah I don't know I mean I don't mind them as characters overall and I think it's sort of interesting that they're they're sort of outside and trying to get back in again I think A-Train's probably less well used than maybe the deep was. Yeah, and they don't really use his uh, speed either. I mean, they used it a little bit, and it's, it depends what you're kind of looking for out of the show. I mean, you know, mm. they don't use most of their powers all that much. They use good of super strength and super hearing, and the fact that they're kind of invulnerable gets used quite a lot. But in terms of the actual exact powers, they don't use them all that much in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, no, I thought the season was was still good. It was good to have um, Giancarlo Esposito in the show because it's good to just have him on on anything. It's always interesting with him 
him because he's most of the time he's played a villain you know Gus uh, from Better Call Saul Breaking Bad and then you've got Stan Edgar here and he's going to be, be playing a villain in uh, Far Cry 6 he doesn't ever have that sort of physical intimidation but he's still like if, no. he, if he was to start talking to you you'd just be like okay you're you're not going to beat me up your guys are but I still don't want to mess with you anyway yeah so uh, and it's always just still thoroughly entertaining to watch so yeah Giancarlo's an amazing phenomenal actor and uh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's brilliant in this I'm really interested to see where they go with the uh, next season of that as well because we know that they've got Jensen Eccles yeah Jensen Eccles yes Jensen's joining for the uh, next season we don't know whether that's going to be a permanent fixture or whether he's just in for that one season because people come and go from that show but I, I that, you mm-hmm. know but that that's always worthwhile I think Another thing I watched was The Right Stuff, which is the Disney Plus series. Uh, I've only watched the first episode of this so far, but based on a book and a previous movie, stars Jake McDormand and Patrick J. Adams from Suits and Colin O'Donoghue from Once Upon a Time. It's, it's essentially, it is a kind of dramatic retelling of the early birth of the US space program. So it's a Mercury 7 astronaut. So this is them trying to get into space for the first time, as opposed to them trying to land on the moon or, you know, which we've seen that sort of number of times. I've never actually seen them do. I mean, as I say, there is a film version of it, but I've never actually really known that much about the uh, the Mercury 7 astronauts. So I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. I enjoyed the first episode of it. It's a National Geographic series and does feel very much like a National Geographic series. If you've seen any of their stuff, before um, but uh, it's enjoyable and the characters are very watchable and Patrick J. Adams plays John Glenn Jake McDormand plays Alan Shepard uh, Colin O'Donoghue's playing Gordo it's interesting watching this on Disney Plus and then over on Apple TV you've got For All Mankind which has some of these same people in played by different actors and he's sort of set in an alternate reality as well hmm. um, And there, but that's sort of more about getting to the moon I mean the whole premise of for all mankind is that the Russians beat the Americans to the moon so some of the characters are in that are, are people that were around in the Merc- as the Mercury astronauts but they're older um, so it's sort of interesting seeing that kind of alt history thing and uh, then seeing this which is sort of real-ish version of history I mean obviously it's a historical drama so they've altered certain bits of it but I mean essentially it is the real history of it but it, it is worth a look and uh, you know it's all up on um, Disney Plus if you want to go and check that out yeah i'm going to be getting disney plus back at the end of the month probably to watch that little star wars show and then uh, yeah. the rest of spider-man season two yes because there is a is the the mandalorian is due back at the end of the month so uh, mm-hmm. yes yeah that's definitely what to get disney plus back for and the other thing that dropped this week because it was the uh, comic con metaverse they dropped a trailer for bbc america's show the watch which a number of people have been waiting for because it is it is based on the Terry Pratchett Discworld novels and the trailer I think it's fair to say did not go down well with fans it seems to completely ignore every possible thing that Terry Pratchett did with the characterizations in Discworld and completely alter it there appears to have been very little communication between the Pratchett estate and the people making the show there seems to have been something of a disconnect between the two Rihanna Pratchett who is the daughter of Terry and the woman who 
is pretty much in control of of the licenses and stuff actually put out a tweet saying as you could probably see from this show it has very little to do with my father's disc world i'm not saying that's a good thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying that's how it is so Mm. yeah you can kind of read between the lines a bit i think in that that she wasn't overly impressed either it's i mean interesting uh, but yeah it's it's really infuriated pratchett fans and uh it's a bbc america show we don't know whether it will air anywhere over here because because it's bbc america and as we've said many times before bbc america is a commercial entity which doesn't necessarily mean that it will automatically go to the bbc over here bbc studios shows don't automatically go for the bbc they can get sold to make money for the bbc to the highest bidder as well so bbc america is a commercial entity it doesn't take license free money they can basically do whatever they want with the shows that they make we'll see whether it lands somewhere over here but um yeah i it'd be interesting to see whether it finds an audience because the i i don't understand the logic behind taking a massive license like terry pratchett's Discworld and destroying it to the point that it upsets the fans thereby negating the value in that license because you've just upset all the people that would go and watch it because it is a Discworld thing Mm, I I don't really see the logic in it yeah doesn't make sense so we'll see I think that's coming out early next year I think they said but uh, we'll see what happens with that but that's the watch and it's on BBC America so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week and let's move on to some TV and film news hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we're in October and Halloween is coming up and uh, whilst the events of the world might have stopped the kids going out trick-or-treating, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to treat yourself to a lovely crate of craft beer from Beer 52. Beer 52 are offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from some of the best breweries on the planet all for free. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash geektown and just cover the $5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every month's case has a different theme and past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over the USA and Europe. Obviously, with the way things are in the world right now, it's not the easiest thing to go out to the pub. And one of the things as an independent British company, Beer 52, are very passionate about is helping the UK craft beer scene, which they're trying to support during this difficult period. They've got a great selection of beers. And if dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option. Your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine, Ferment and a Tasty Snack, which is always good when you're drinking beer. Ordering is really straightforward, and if you decide to change your mind at any point, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. 
Just go to beer52.com forward slash geek town. That's beer, the number five and the number two dot com forward slash geek town to get your first crate of eight beers for $5.95. That's beer, the number five, the number two dot com forward slash geek town. So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, one, not so much a cancellation, but uh, stopped before it's even got anywhere. The Magic Order, which is a Mark Miller comic book. It was actually the first Mark Miller comic book that was released from Miller World after Netflix bought Miller World. They were going to make a TV series of it. They've now said that that TV series is not moving forward, which is odd because they released the comic book and that went down really, really well. People seem to like that comic book and you would have thought that the entire purpose of Netflix buying a comic book company is so they can make TV shows out of it. And when it comes to the first one that they were going to make a major TV show out of, they bottled it and said, no, we're not going to do it. So mm. um, it's a bit weird. They have said that they may come back to it at some point, but they're not moving forward with it at the moment. So I think maybe they're looking at it and thinking that it's going to be too difficult to shoot during the coronavirus stuff. And maybe they're going to come back to it a you know, couple of years down the line, but they're not moving forward with it right now. It seems like a slight the odd decision but there you go netflix also have abandoned the fourth season of glow which had actually already filmed one episode and got shut down during the middle of the pandemic after they filmed one episode they were about to start working on the second one they got shut down they've now decided that they're not going to go back to it and it's cancelled after three seasons i sort of understand where they're coming from for this particular show because the problem is glow is of course based around a 80s female wrestling and it has a cast of about 20 people, 15 of which are wrestlers, and they're in close proximity to each other. Doing things during the middle of the pandemic with all the testing right now is difficult enough as it is, but when you've got 15 people involved in a show that need to be in close contact and wrestling with each other, it's just extremely, extremely hard to be able to film something like that. The problem is people are saying, well, why don't they just put it on the back burner and like do it later? The problem is that that will massively increase the amount of money they have to spend on it because they will have to pay people to be available. So there will be financial penalties for Netflix for doing that because you've either got to pay the actors to be available or you've got to let them go off and do other things. And if you're going to release them from the contract so they can go off and do other things, there's no guarantee you'll get everybody back together. So it could be a case of it does reappear maybe in a movie format in a couple of years time or something so they can finish off whatever it was they started for that fourth season it may be that they do come back with the fourth season at some point but as for right now it's definitely cancelled because they needed to release the actors and stuff and Mm -hmm. let them go off and be able to make money somewhere else yeah i remember a couple weeks ago when you explained to me about some of the more contractual issues around getting some of these things filmed because something else got cancelled i'm not okay with this yeah i'm not okay with this and that's that's when they started to to sort of cancel stuff like this i think it sort of seems to me like okay you maybe need to just take a look at doing contracts a little bit differently or, or, or some something like that because it seems to be sort of down to that and a bit down to like money and yeah. that sort of working so I, I don't know they do need to try and find some way around it the problem is 
you're in a situation where you've got shows that just weren't prepared for this level of delay. You know, they have certain things, I'm sure, in the contracts that talk about delays, but this level of delay is very, very difficult to deal with. The difficulty is you hire an actor for a job and they are contracted to do that job for a certain length of time in a particular period. Depending what that contract is, it will allow them to go and do other shows. It may allow them to go and do other shows in between. If it's a network show, if it's a big network show like, you know, NCIS or something like that, the chances are that they may be allowed to go and do things in their downtime. But I mean, that's almost like working as a school teacher or something in that you're you're filming so much of the year and you get set breaks at set holiday points, you know, so they will break maybe once in the summer, they will break over Christmas. Yeah, when you're working on a big network show, it's it's effectively almost like a nine to five job mm, because, yeah. you know, they have set periods when they usually film. So if they want to go and do a film in their intervening time, they don't get much time off. On a smaller show like Glow, the chances are that it's set to film at certain particular points. The problem is that if you're then trying to say, okay, to a particular actor, they need to be back at a certain point with this and the pandemic, they can't say when they're going to be able to come back and film this. So it's very difficult to say to an actor, okay, you need to have June in 2021 free because they can't guarantee by June 2021 they're going to be able to film it. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, rather than having to extend licenses and that sort of thing, they've just said they're going to cancel it. As I say, it's one of those things that may get picked up again somewhere further down the line. I know there was a lot of people very upset by that. Mm -hmm. Um, It may may be something that they come back to. But uh, I can't remember. Did you mention uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters last week? I can't remember whether I did. That sort of of quietly got cancelled alongside yeah. below as well yeah so. uh, I can't remember whether I did yes I've forgotten to put that on the notes but um, yeah Teenage Bounty Hunters also went that I think was just viewing figures a, a, a hidden gem that people didn't see yeah which yeah. is a shame because I really enjoyed the, uh, I, the first really few episodes it, yeah. of that but, um, it, it had its quirkiness but yeah. it was quite good yeah that's a shame so yeah that's that's a shame in terms of renewals Apple renewed Dickinson for a third season which has been going down quite well over there I haven't watched any of that yet but uh, that's a, a sort of comedy series that's that's been renewed Britbox has renewed Spitting Image for the second season I haven't watched the second episode of that yet I keep on forgetting to go and check Britbox but um, yeah is that the, weekly is it that's that because that comes out weekly it's very topical okay. it's it's filmed a bit like South Park in that they film it right at the last minute to be able to be as topical as humanly possible so mm-hmm. um, yeah I really enjoyed the first episode of that though that, but that's been renewed and Jurassic World Can- Cretaceous has been renewed for a second season I haven't watched any of this you watched the first season of this though didn't you yeah I really really liked it it really surprised me um, mm. they released a little 45 second teaser or something just teasing a couple of things for uh, the second season for, for 2021 uh, so I'm guessing because they're going to have the uh, I can't remember what it's called but the next film is 2022 Yeah. Uh, so they got this uh, next year as well but yeah I'd recommend people go and watch this it, it was quite good fun happy to see it's been renewed for, for another season it's a good time to be an animated show I think right now because it's Definitely. one of the few things yeah. that you can pretty much guarantee that if you're a new animated show and the numbers are okay they're going to renew you because it's easy to be able to do or easier certainly yeah. to be able to do an animated thing because you, you can do everything you don't have people on set next to yeah you, you can really. you can do everything pretty much remotely and via zoom so uh you know that that seems like a much easier way of doing things so yeah. um that's coming back number of pickup and advanced air dates and of course resumed filming as well hannah apparently is set to resume its filming or start filming its third season in november it 
looks like that is going to happen. Hitmen, the second season of that, that's the Sky One show with Mel and Sue. That is coming back in early 2021. They're saying they're resuming filming on that for the second season. Lucifer has finished filming season five, so they're sorting out the last few episodes for the rest of season five, which they were missing. I think they they got two episodes or one and a half episodes to finish filming on season five. So that's now done, but they've gone straight into filming season six. So uh, that's all good. Hopefully we'll see the the rest of season five before the end of the year. That will be nice. Motherland for Salem season two is now filming apparently as well. And there are rumours that Discovery season four is starting filming in November. It's interesting. I think you're going to see things start filming earlier than maybe they would normally because I think whilst they've been able to film, I think people are starting to film stuff. Yeah, get it, get it done sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. just in case everything gets even worse and they get shut down again. So. Right, which is good. It's good that a lot of things have, because um, you've been doing this returning to film section for the last what, month or so. Yeah. So yeah, it's good that things are starting to, to get filming again, because even though we do still have tons of television, we still do need new things to get made eventually. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of stuff coming back. And, you know, Netflix, as I think we mentioned before, Netflix really hasn't slowed down at all. They've, they've... They, re- they really haven't at all. They've not even shown any hints of slowing down. They just keep pumping out television. Yeah, so. it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how much they've managed to kind of push through, but uh, that's great. So yes, lots of stuff coming out and you can see with every whole, whole load of new stuff we'll uh, mention at the end of the uh, show as well. In terms of new things that have been picked up, Channel 4 have revived the home makeover show Changing Rooms with Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen and Davina McCall presenting. Changing Rooms, I don't know whether you'll remember this because it is, I think it was what early 2000s or something when it finished, but Changing Rooms was one of those home makeover shows which were hugely popular at the time mm-hmm. and it ran on BBC. This is somewhat notorious, this show, because it essentially what you did was you took two neighbours, you swapped the houses, they had a room in each house which they, the neighbours were allowed to make over with the help of an interior designer of which Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen was often one and then there were somebody else that would be running the other team. They were very limited on budget. Some of the makeovers they did were horrific and on a number of occasions made people cry and not like out of happiness and joy. So it was quite entertaining to watch. It's going to be intriguing to see how well this actually works. I think Davina McCall's a good pick for being the host for this sort of show. It works pretty well. I think this could be quite fun. They're airing it as a primetime show on um, Channel 4. So we'll we'll see how this goes down. But uh, it was somewhat notorious, this, for some of the horrific designs that they came up with. Don't know when that's going to be coming back, but uh, they have ordered a series of changing rooms. BBC Three have picked up series one and two of a US comedy called Twenties, which is uh, written and created by Lena Waith, who has worked on Master of None, The Chi and Queen Slim. It's a semi-autobiographical series which follows an aspiring young black lesbian writer Hattie and her friends Marie and Nia as they pursue their dreams in LA. So uh, that's the sort of basic setup for it. It has been renewed for a second season, although the second season hasn't gone out in the US yet. But the BBC 
have picked up both seasons so it means that we will get the second season when that does come out but uh, that's going to be airing Sunday 25th of October that is uh, coming the first season of 20s so um, if you like the sound of that that's one to look out for on BBC3 they've picked up yeah they've picked up quite a few of these as things to air on BBC3 they've gone from not really buying any imports to buying quite a few imports it's it's interesting because you know this and Fort Salem and Aquafina from Queens and given yeah. what I heard a few weeks ago about BBC was struggling to get young audiences in because mm. I did this podcast talking about not directly comparing but sort of talking about how Disney has kind of managed to do, to do that with Disney Plus and how BBC has kind of failed to do that and just the, the different sort of uh, methods of both of them doing and not doing that so yeah i think bbc's needed to pick up a, a few more things i know they've got that deal with fx which is really really good yeah quite helpful but uh, just just some other stuff would be good as well they seem to have done that a little bit more recently they've yeah. got to uh, they got to keep doing it as well it mainly seems to be the bbc3 stuff so it is the stuff that's aimed at that sort of tween and upwards mm-hmm. kind of audience so yeah it's probably cheaper than filming their own things as well which is possibly why they're doing it um, mm. if it works and it brings in an audience for them I mean it's, the thing is it's one of those things that's, that they need to service a certain demographics but the viewing figures themselves aren't necessarily anything that matters to them because they don't make the money out of advertising it's more a case of them hitting a certain amount of people and, and providing content that certain people will like so um, they have to be sort of careful in what they pick up but as long as they're they're getting an audience for it then great why not i'm glad somebody's picking these shows up mm-hmm. this is us season five has a premiere date and uh, for the first time ever given that this show has been such a huge huge juggernaut for nbc in the u.s it's weird how it's not landed particularly well over here but from the fifth season yeah. it will be airing next day on amazon prime uk it's the first time it's ever aired next day in the uk so season five will premiere on the 28th of October to two-part opener. New episodes will then come out every Wednesday. It airs Tuesday nights in the US and then it'll be Wednesday morning over here. It'll land. Very happy that that's coming back. I've still got the rest of season four to watch through. I haven't caught up I've with it yet. I've still got all of it to watch. So. <laughs> right. It <laughs> yeah. is a great it, show. It's funny because every single year that it gets nominated for an Emmy, which has pretty much been every single season, yeah. I sort of think like, oh, I should be watching more Emmy-nominated things. And This Is Us is always the one that pops up that I haven't seen. Yeah. It's always things like you know Westworld, Better Call Saul, Mandalorian that I've 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 seen them like Handmaid's Tale and stuff. And This Is Us is always the one that's there. And every single year we get round to the Emmy nominations and it gets nominated. And I think like oh I should I should watch that. It's on Amazon. I do have Amazon. But I just just don't end up doing it. Yeah. So it's a little bit intimidating in a way when you look at okay it's got like four seasons, twenty something episodes a season, and yeah. it's just kind of it, it, it's, it's a lot. there's a lot there. Yeah. There is a lot um, to get through. It is a good show though. It's definitely yeah. worth watching. But speaking of this air date thing, I mean this is what we need more of this is yeah. ultimately how to just do a quick little comparison you look at this okay next day on on amazon it's already got it, all of its seasons available on amazon prime and then you've got situations like with star trek lower decks that i've seen getting tweeted about over the last couple of weeks still yeah. doesn't even have a uk home let yeah. alone an air date or whatever and there just needs to be i guess more deals done in different places to where you can not necessarily next day or next morning but at least things like the same week maybe um, yeah. i mean ultimately do you want the next day or the next morning because then you know as soon as possible from the u.s air date is good uh, the uh, more companies and, and that need to look at more ways of of kind of doing this so, yeah and i mean yeah. perfect example at the opposite end of the scale supernatural that is uh, <laughs> premiering that yeah. has finally got a 
premiere date for its 15th season, which is Friday the 23rd of October at 9pm on For Music. Which is weird, and I'm glad they're airing it somewhere. Uh, I said in the post when I posted this that it seems that the uh, schedulers at E4 lost a game of competitive drunk darts with the schedulers at 4 Music, and uh, that because you know, drunk darts, for those of you that uh, don't know, is how the E4 schedulers schedule their channel, which is basically post all the shows on a wall, down a bottle of vodka, and then throw darts at the wall to uh, pick where shows are going to land. That seems mm-hmm. to be there. I mean, I can't prove that's how they do it, but I'm pretty sure it's true. And someone lost the Harley Quinn dart and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dart and the 100 dart. Yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. The, they, they clearly, they, they kind of lost those somewhere along the way. So uh, it's ended up on four music, which whilst that doesn't necessarily sound like a bad thing, because you can say, oh, well, at least it's airing somewhere. It has upset a number of people. First off, if you're in Ireland, because they don't have four music, music but they do have e4 so uh, they're really upset can they watch it on all four possibly yes that may be the saving grace the other thing is four music is a standard definition channel not a hg channel unlike oh, wow. e4 so uh, <laughs> there's that as well again if it's also going to be on all four, it may be that it's in HD on all four. So it could be a case of you end up streaming it rather than doing it this way. The other problem is the reason that shows like this don't get traction when they air them on E4 is because they air them so long after the US air date. And we've said this before, they complain about the fact that they don't find an audience and it ends up having to move them, you know, because like the 14 season started off at 9pm and then it was 10 and then it was 11 and then it was 12 and then it was like one in the morning and wow. they they ended up moving it back because of the fact that they don't get enough money off the advertising when they show it and the reason that they don't get enough money off the advertising is because you're dealing with a rabid fan base when you're dealing with supernatural fans you're dealing with people that want to see this next day yeah if yeah. you bought the show for a show like that when they've got a really dedicated audience that love that sort of show in some cases you could leave it a couple of days you could leave it a week maybe but you can't leave it six months and expect them not to go and find it somewhere else you can't pretend that that option isn't available to them Mm, you know most people won't bother if they're fans of it and it's a week away they're not necessarily going to go and go and find it online because it's a lot of hassle to go and do that but if you leave it six months they're going to go well what do you expect me to do i I, I, particularly if they don't sort of say that they are going to wear that season so it's entirely their own fault. It's just terrible scheduling. And, mm. uh, you know, I love the guys at E4. I love the guys at Channel 4. They're great, but they're schedulers. Really need to put down the bottle of whiskey and just start to schedule things sensibly because it's ridiculous. So mm. um, anyway, that's coming on the 23rd of October at 9pm on 4Music. And that'll be the 15th season. I don't think I've ever used 4Music before. No, I don't believe I have as well. It is running the good place as well, I noticed at the moment. So it's it's running a few yeah. of those shows. I think it's run both versions of Charmed as well. I don't know whether it's, I'm assuming it's not run the next season of Charmed. But Are you sure it's called 4 Music? It is. It's called 4 <laughs> Music. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I'm very confused yeah. by that. But um, it's called four music, and then they air a bunch of scripted yeah. dramas. I, and I, I've got I've got this horrible feeling that what they're going to end up doing is airing the first half of season fifteen, and will stop at the same place that they stopped in the US, and then we'll have to wait another six months for them to air the second half. Whereas if they can just run it straight through, it means that it, actually the second half, which starts airing, I think later this month of season fifteen because they they stopped due to the pandemic if they run like straight into it we will be much closer to the usa date so that would be fine but yeah it's just just a mess and they need to sort it out Yeah. yeah few other air dates we've had as well uh, The Expanse that is going to be premiering its fifth season on the 16th of December they've said that's coming on uh, Amazon Prime UK it's also airing like the boys so the first three episodes are nice. dropping together and then the next episodes will uh, drop weekly following Wednesday so uh, it's ten episode series first three on the Wednesday the 16th of December and then every episode weekly on Wednesdays after that yeah I'm a okay with that that's, that's fine by me yeah and, uh, it, it, it makes sometimes it makes things easier to sort of digest if mm. that makes sense because you, you're sort of almost checking in one, once a week with a show and you get to just digest the episode and think about it a little bit more yeah because in all honesty I can't exactly remember where we ended with the last season of The Expanse because I binged my way through it whereas this season of The Boys <laughs> I remember a lot better because it was much more spread out which is, mm-hmm. is what I like about it and yes I know I could have some self-control and uh, you know what <laughs> one episode a week but the problem is that then you'll have people talking about it online that watched it all in one go and you know what what they're trying to do basically is they're using it as a way of spread spread the conversation yeah spread the conversation out a bit so um, Mm when you know i i and i think that makes a lot more sense to me yeah i'm still in the middle of the uh third season of the expanse so and i'd I'd like to get caught up for it as well so i can watch it weekly when season five comes out yeah well you've got until the 16th of december to catch up so you've got time yeah. Sticking with Amazon uh, over here, the uh, third season of American Gods that is landing in early 2021. They've announced and there was a little trailer that went up for that as well. And uh, a Discovery of Witches finally has a second season trailer and uh, air date. That's coming on the 8th of January on Sky One for that. Apologies to Discovery of Witches fans, but I found that first series of that really quite dull. So I remember you said that, yeah. I, I really didn't get on with it. And I, I, I don't know what it was. I it's one that I feel I should go back and try again because I should feel I feel like I should like it and I I just found it incredibly slow I don't know maybe I'll go back and give it another try but I I really struggled with it but uh, second season of that 8th of January uh, 2021 that is landing moving on to other news uh, HBO Max in the US HBO Max has officially greenlit the Green Lantern series and uh, we've got some showrunners and stuff and writers for it as well now and a bit more information about the show it's been kicking around that there was going to be a Green Lantern series for a while Arrow co-creator Mark Guggenheim has been announced as the co-writer and the showrunner on it and Seth Graham Smith is going to co-write it with him apparently the show is going to feature a multitude of lanterns including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz Simon Baz and interestingly Alan Scott who is the Earth's first Green Lantern who true to the 
Comics as a gay man and many more. Uh, mm. Series will also include some fan favourites such as Sinstro and Kilowog and uh, introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. They've also said it's going to be set over decades as well. So it may be, it looks like it's going to be following different stories at different points. They're going to have some that are set on Earth and some that are set in space. The sensible thing for the new Green Lanterns would be to use Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz because those are the two newer Green Lanterns out of that group. Alan Scott is an interesting addition because Alan Scott doesn't share the same origin as the rest of the Green Lantern Corps. His lantern comes from an entirely different place. He's because he's original sort of but by the golden or silver age, silver age hero. So the origin of his lantern and how he becomes a Green Lantern is very, very different to everybody else's. So it's interesting them including that in there. So it's possible that maybe they're going to have one origin for Alan Scott and that's going to be kind of one timeline, maybe one set in space that's maybe Guy Gardner and Killarog and Sinstro, and then maybe one set on Earth that's Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. Huge selection of lanterns they're using, which is really interesting. One name that hasn't popped up in there is John Stewart, which... I think some people were expecting possibly to pop up, given that where Arrow ended with John Diggle mm-hmm. slash Stewart getting a Green Lantern ring, or certainly seemingly getting a Green Lantern ring. Um, there's been no actual talk about him popping up. In fact, he's actually said that he's not going to appear as a Green Lantern in the current Arrowverse shows. But it's possible that you could move him across to this but it could also be that they want somebody else to play John Stewart and it may be there's talk of a Green Lantern movie as well there's no mention of a Carl Ratner in there there's no mention of Hal Jordan either who of course is the big Green Lantern star so uh, yeah there are a few interesting names not mentioned there in the the three kind of John Stewart, Kyle Ratner and uh, Hal Jordan being the three really, really big Green Lantern names. And none of those are kind of mentioned in this. So we'll be interesting to see how those are kind of added in or if those are added in because mm-hmm. the others all come after them. You know, Guy Gardner and uh, with the exception of Killer One, Guy Gardner was, I think, a later addition. Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz certainly were because they're relatively new. And uh, Alan Scott has been around for years. So I don't particularly know the Green Lantern that well uh, so this is going to be a case where I'm going to let the show tell me like who's who and right. you know what, what their sort of roles have been or how long each one's been a Green Lantern or whatever um, John Stewart is the, the name that sort of springs to mind when I think of Green Lantern uh, I think there's is it Hal Jordan as well that, that yeah. you mentioned uh, th- those are sort of the two that uh, that I do kind of recognise still just a case for me where whenever I hear about an, a new anything uh, in development for HBO Max whether it be you know the Snyder Cut thing or John Cena's Peacemaker, or, yeah. yeah, Peacemaker, Peacemaker. whether it be that or this this Green Lantern show, and it's just still this case for me where there's still no one that's made any deals in the UK. Yeah. With, getting... with that with that service and it's just a case where like okay sure I'll, I'll get excited about the different things that are, that are on there like Snyder Cut and everything else but we just have no idea when or where those things are going to show up in the UK it would just be quite a big miss for the UK if things like the Snyder Cut or this Green Lantern show or the Peacemaker thing don't get say timely homes in the UK like within reasonable sort of time yeah um, this makes so much sense that Sky would go and do that but they, they haven't done it yet yeah so, and the problem is 
Because the, at this point, a number of those shows have already been sold off to people because, you know, particularly the DC Universe things, because as we know, Titans is on Netflix and Stargirl is on Amazon. And, you know, so those things have been sold off to various different people. I mean, the, the place I would like to do it is potentially Amazon, actually, where I would like to see them come up with some sort of deal, because at least then they'd all be in one place, particularly if they're going to build up more DC shows across this. Mm. Um, we'll have to wait and see whether anything but, happens with it but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing Green Lantern back on a screen I suppose because what was it the last thing we had was the Ryan Reynolds film was it yeah yeah and I mean Guggenheim had some involvement with the uh, Green Lantern movie he was the writer of it although you could argue that direction was probably the bigger problem with that film because Ryan Reynolds was great I think maybe it just it wasn't very well conceived I don't think the story mm. was necessarily the problem with that hopefully this will give him some chance to rectify those errors uh, Seth Graham Smith was uh, has written on a bunch of different things but has written for DC before because he did the Lego Batman movie In interesting collection of people and of course I mean Guggenheim he's, he's all things DC uh, Jeff Johns is also involved as an exec producer in this as well I believe and Jeff Johns is former chief creative officer I think of, of DC so they've got a number of people involved that know what they're doing Belanti as well is behind this so it's not part of the wider Arrowverse it's this other separate thing that they're sort of setting up for HBO Max although there may be some crossover eventually but we don't know mm-hmm. uh, as we explained before when they did this sort of crisis on infinite earth they're technically all part of the same multiverse and they've talked about expanding that multiverse but they are sort of on different earths at this point so whilst connected it's not directly connected so that's uh, officially coming that green lantern series to hbo max moving over onto other parts of hbo paddy constantine has been cast as kim Viserys targaryen in the game of thrones prequel the house of the dragon this we know is this this new series that's based on George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood. It's set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. It tells the story of House Targaryen. Constantine is portraying King Viserys Targaryen who was chosen by the Lords of Westeros to secede the Old King. Jaehaerys Targaryen at the Great Council of Harrenhal. He's a warm and kind and decent man. Viserys only wishes to carry forward his grandfather's legacy but as we've learned from Game of Thrones, good men do not necessarily make great kings mm. so um, yes that's the sort of setup for it we don't know wider bits although I'm sure if you know the books you know where this is kind of going I believe that that, that character is around you know isn't like a, a Ned Stark thing he is around I think for most of the show so he is going to be one of the main cast Paddy Constantine he's recently starred in the third day which is the HBO Sky Atlantic series he was in The Outsider as well which is brilliant HBO drama uh, popped up in things like Born Automaton, Peaky Blinders, Informer, Hot Fuzz, Death of Stalin. So it's a face you'll know, definitely. Cool. I know this isn't a uh, popular kind of thing to say or a sort of thing that a lot of people are saying at the moment, but I'm, I'm looking forward to having Game of Thrones back in my life because although a lot of people were disappointed with uh, mostly the last season, some people were disappointed with season seven, but mostly season eight. Yes. Um, I still maintain that I, I did enjoy it and there's no reason for me to change my mind on that. But um, yeah, you know, Game of Thrones is an excellent, epic, incredible world filled with really interesting characters. And we're going into the past with this one and we're going to see how some, some things developed in the past and uh, yeah, a bit more of the, uh, the Targaryens as well, which is really cool. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. 
I mean, I was looking forward to the one that they were going to do before with the White Walkers and that, but obviously they, they ditched that for, for this instead. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to going back to that world, particularly. It's Ara Martin and Ryan Condal who are the people behind this. Uh, he's the writer of Colony and Hercules and a bunch of other things. Miguel Shaposhnik and uh, Condal will be showrunners. Miguel was uh, one of the directors of some of the biggest episodes of Game of Thrones as well, so uh, including Battle of the Bastards oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and Long Night and and um, he's won Emmys for it as well. So he's a fabulous, fabulous director and he's going to be co-showrunner on it. So I, I I think they've got solid people behind it. There's there's no Weiss and Denisov involvement at all in this, which I think is a very good thing at this point, given what <laughs> those people did. They're working with Netflix now, aren't they? Because they're not doing that Star Wars thing, are Yeah, they? because they got booted off Star Wars. So they're definitely working on Netflix. Their new show for, for Netflix, which we mentioned a few weeks ago, yeah. there was a new report about some of the other behind the scenes decisions that uh, came out this week that they were basically told by some of the actors that they like there was a thing about sort of romances that they wanted to happen and the I think it was Liam Cunningham actually put his foot down and said absolutely not I'm not doing that it's completely out of character so there's more things that have come out in the past week of directions they were trying to take the show and the actors actually rebelled and said no so um yeah there's there's hmm. There's a few things that have cropped up that you like that yeah. could have been even worse. How do you feel? Do you, are you uh, looking forward to going back to that world? Yeah, I am. And with, the Game of Thrones world. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to seeing this, particularly in you know the hands of these people. I think it could be quite interesting. I'd like to explore a bit more of these characters. I think that final season, the more I look back on it, there are more issues I find with it. And whilst I enjoyed it, I I would love to see a different cut of it because I think there was a great season in there. Trying to get out but they just botched it and um, the more I think about and the, the more I see about it the more I kind of think yeah you're kind of right there, there we could have done things so much better with that um, but uh, yeah, House of, House of the Dragon is due to premiere in 2022. Uh, although, you know, that's that's the plan at the moment. Although with the pandemic, you never know what's going to happen. It's uh, going to be on HBO and HBO Max in the US. It should be covered under the Sky HBO deal for this. And uh, even if it isn't, I'm fairly sure that Sky Atlantic will buy it separately anyway. So um, can you imagine if someone doesn't pick up a Game of Thrones show? Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, it should be covered under the HBO <laughs> deal because it is airing on that, HBO. That would be a disaster. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, 2022, that is due to land. And lastly, we have news that Kate Mulgrew is returning as Captain Janeway, or Admiral Janeway, as I think she was when we last left her, on uh, Nickelodeon's Star Trek Prodigy. Star Trek Prodigy is is this new show, that it's a new animated series that is coming to Nickelodeon, so it is aimed at a younger audience. It's the idea that it, it follows a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and uh, use it to go off and searching for a venture. Janeway apparently is going to be the person that's sort of help guiding them, which I I really like the idea of because I think she's the you know she's always been a bit of the kind of certain amount of rebel. She's somebody that's got the experience of 
exploring these you know strange new worlds because she was stuck out in the Delta Quadrant for years and years and years. So um, does Delta Quadrant or Beta Quadrant? I can never quite remember. But you know, she was uh, yeah. So she was stuck out there for years and years and years. So uh, I and I love Kate Mulgrew. I think she's a fabulous, fabulous act- actress. Uh, she said, uh, "I've invested every scintilla of my being into Captain Janeway, and I can't wait to endow her with new ones that I've never did before in Star Trek Prodigy." How thrilling to be able to introduce these young minds to an idea that has elevated the world for decades. To be at the helm again is going to be deeply gratifying in a new way for me. She did 172 episodes of Star Trek Voyager from 95 to 2001. She was last seen as Admiral Janeway in the 2002 movie Star Trek Nemesis. She obviously went on to appear in wide things from uh, Warehouse 13, Mr. Mercedes, of course, playing Red in Orange is the New Black. I'm looking forward to this. I think this, you know, though it's a, it is definitely going to be aimed at a kid show, I think it could be quite good fun. And the idea mm. of introducing that sort of you know, Star Trek brand and just the ethos of Star Trek to uh, a younger generation, I think, is a, is a really interesting idea. Yeah, it's a character I can't, well, not really a character I recognise, but I recognise the face because uh, I remember when the, this news sort of popped up and I sort of recognised it on my straight away. Yeah. I uh, couldn't, couldn't think of the character's name or whatever because I still am very much discovering Star Trek. Yes. As the podcast name suggests. Um, but uh, slowly getting there, you know, we've had Picard, we've had um, a bit more of Spock and we've had uh, Pike in, in the last couple of years showing up again and, uh, you know, doing some new stuff in new shows because uh, they, they, they did a very good job in Discovery of reintroducing some of those old characters and putting them with, with the new characters that, that we sort of got. Um, it is just a shame when it, whenever I do think about Star Trek sometimes and all, all these new shows that we got on, you know, Picard, Discovery, Lower Decks, Prodigy, and then there's going to be... Um, um, I can't remember. There's two others coming, isn't there? Pike yeah, uh, Strange New Worlds. And then, there's, and then yeah. there's a darker one that's sort of supposed to be. Oh, uh, yeah. There's the Strange New Worlds, and there's is it Section Thirty One, which is the Michelle Yeoh series, yeah. which which follows yeah. her character as part of Section Thirty One. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there are those two that are already in development, and they've got. I mean, Alex Kurtzman did an interview recently that basically said, "Yeah, we've we've actually just done a meeting with CBS planning out." Star Trek until I think 2027 he said Um, I mean whilst not everything that they've talked about in that will necessarily land there is a path that they are on working out what seasons are going to come out when and what yeah. shows they're planning and uh, you know so they have got a, a kind of guidance of, of where they're actually going and things may change you know and it is that isn't all set in stone he says you know but yeah. um, they, they have talked to CBS the CBS brass about where they're going with it. So there, there's no slowing down with Star Trek. It is very much back in a big, big way. So uh, mm-hmm. just a shame for me, like kind of personally at the moment, because I, you know, I think about all these Star Trek shows and we're going to end up with, with, with six of them or so. Um, it would just would have been, a, would have been nice to see my nan see some of this. Uh, Cause obviously she's uh, been passed away for quite some time. Uh, and to maybe, you know, maybe have watched some of this with her and to just see just her thoughts on this, this new kind of area. Yeah, because she was a she was a huge Star Trek fan, wasn't she? Yeah. Huge, huge Star Trek fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, so, some of that kind of lives through through my dad and stuff. Obviously, we've we've kind of watched Star Trek now as a family. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that she she didn't yeah, get to kind of yeah. see this stuff. But uh, I guess I get to sort of do that as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how all this works out, and uh, hopefully it goes well. 
Yes, so. I, hope, I hope so. But I do like the idea of this, and I like the fact that they're kind of broadening it. So, you know, you've got this, which is aimed at a younger generation, and we'll introduce them, and I think she's the perfect character to do this. Then you're going to have all the other shows that are currently airing as well, all aired, all aiming at kind of different audiences and different levels, and uh, I think they're doing a wonderful job with it. I think Alex Kurtzman's really created an interesting world for that, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm particularly looking forward to Strange New Worlds because I think that's going to be the closest that we've had to the original series coming back so uh, I'm, I'm very much interested in in all the stuff that they're doing i think they're doing a really nice job with it over there that's all the news for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv so highlights for next week we have the goldbergs which is returning uh well has returned today i think actually for the second half of season seven that's coming to e4 on the 13th of october at 7 30 p.m warrior season two arrives on sky one on the 14th of october at 10 p.m that's the uh, cinemax drama about a martial arts prodigy who emigrates from san francisco from china that was based on an original concept by bruce lee did, and uh, did you see the first season i haven't no and i I, I uh, do need to go and watch it because there's a lot of people saying that is a really, really good show. And uh, I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, season two of that coming out the 14th of October. Then Taskmaster, which is back for its 10th season, but this time not on Dave, I think, where it ran before. It is on Channel 4. That's on the 15th of October at 9 p.m. That lands uh, all, all back shot during the pandemic. So there's a lot of social distancing stuff in there as well. But uh, yeah, so uh, Taskmaster, Master is back. I might give that a try because I, I really haven't watched any of Taskmaster up until this point. So uh, <laughs> season 10 of that on the 15th of October on Channel 4 at 9pm. Riviera is back for its third season of Sky Atlantic. That's on the 15th of October at 9pm as well. So that is the third season of that. And Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery season 3. That lands on the 16th of October on Netflix. I'm very, very much looking forward to that coming back because uh, I want to see where they're going with uh, where they left things at the end of the second season that was very interesting so um, yeah, that yeah. Was good. it's been about a year and a half I think since Star Trek it has been Disco- a while Discovery's been on yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that then uh, Hudson and Rex which is this uh, new crime drama which is a, a major crimes detective that teams up with a dog called Rex and uh, that's coming hmm. to Alibi on the 18th of October at 7pm a few apparently based off I think uh, Austro-German show or something or a Swedish show or something that apparently there's a few people that had said they'd seen episodes of it and said that they thought it was really good and fun so uh, that it's a sort of dramedy thing but um, that looks like it's it's going to be quite good it's a Canadian show I think this one Roadkill which is a limited series it stars Hugh Laurie it's about a it's four parts and it's a fictional political thriller about a self-made forceful charismatic politician who gets himself in, in various bits of trouble that's coming on um, um, BBC One on the 18th of October at 9pm. It's from David Hare, who was the writer beyond Collateral and a whole bunch of other really, really top-notch dramas. So uh, that's called Roadkill and uh, BBC One, 18th of October at 9pm. And uh, Unsolved Mysteries returns for the second half of the first season or uh, season 15, depending on whether you're counting all the original seasons what? that aired on various different channels <laughs> in the US. Uh, this is the second half of the first season that is the Netflix version of the show anyway. It's a brand that's been around for a very, oh, okay. very, very long time 
long time, basically. Unsolved Mysteries. And it, mm. it aired on a load of different places. It was like CBS and then it was on somewhere else and then it was somewhere else. So uh, second half of season one. I really like the first half one of this. I thought it was it was really good, the first half of this. So uh, 19th of October on Netflix for Unsolved Mysteries season 1B. Worth looking at, definitely. That's all the stuff we've got for this week. Where can people find more of your stuff? You can head over to entertainmenttalk.org if you want our TV, video game, uh, not so much films these days, but Manchester United podcast as well. I uh, had a nice bit of a break from club football because uh, the international football was on, but uh, we return on Saturday against Newcastle. Hopefully we can actually defend this weekend because <laughs> we can't do that at the moment. Um, but uh, neither can Liverpool apparently as well. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can find everything I've got on uh, entertainmenttalk.org lots of Walking Dead stuff and uh, other things as well coming soon so have a look out for it all and yes. uh, you can and if you want to as well you can uh, chat to me and or follow me on Twitter at eTalkUK yeah so go and check that out and uh, I will be back on the World Beyond podcast on uh, Wednesday as well we're, we're recording that so uh, that's one to look out for over on Entertainment Talk as well as all the other stuff as well uh, for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information uh, if you want to follow anybody else involved with the show, you can find Bex over at uh, twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E. And uh, she's got loads and loads of uh, streaming stuff going out over there and her screen stream on Saturdays and just general chat. I like and those all little stuff. adverts on Twitter. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's done a great job with the little advertising things that she's been putting up on Twitter <laughs> for that. Really, really funny. Uh, she's done a wonderful job on that. So uh, yeah, go and check out Bex over there. That's twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes bytes yeah so for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.